Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th and remember, we all flourish with joy. This is another podcast of World Wide Wave, the international LGBT news and current affairs show, every week on Australia's first LGBT radio station, Joy 94.9. Surfing the globe, bringing you news, views, and current affairs for the LGBT community. This is the World Wide Wave. Yes, it's World Wide Wave time. Joy's international news and current affairs show for and by the LGBTI community. We love taking you around the globe one queer story at a time. I'm Matt and I'm joined tonight in our wonderful Victorian Pride Centre studios by Alex. Hola. There are many identifiable subgroups within the rainbow community, from lipstick lesbians to twinks to men in leather. Diversity is generally embraced and what do you find and when you do find your tribe it can be a life-changing moment one group that rarely needs a descriptive introduction are the bears but what do we really know about bear culture taking us into the world of bears including an intriguing rite of passage that seems to have become a kind of coming out as a bear Our guest tonight is Dr Nick McGlynn from the University of Brighton in the UK. He authored the research report Bear Space, Experiences of Fat, Gay, Bi and Queer Men in the Spaces of the UK's Bear Community. Here's a taste of what's coming up tonight. My first few experiences in bear bars and at bear events I found quite transformative as um, as a fat guy. I have to say I, I was much fatter back then. During COVID, I've gone the opposite way to most people. I've lost a lot of weight, which, which is very frustrating when you're trying to discuss fatness. Um, but um, I was much bigger back then. And my experiences going to bear spaces, it was the first time that I ever felt really good about my body and that was made to feel really good about my body as a fat guy. We'd love you to be part of the show, whether you're a bear or not. It doesn't matter. There's a bear in there. Um, if you're not a bear, send us your messages on what you'd like to know about bears. What are the mysteries you've always wanted to ask? If you are a bear, what would you like everybody to know so that they stop asking you these crazy questions? And there are quite a few ways you can describe a bear. One of the ways is fat. Uh, there, I said the word. Tonight, we will be proudly reclaiming the word fat. Bears are often gents of larger or bigger girth and often described also by their hair. Perhaps surprisingly, there have been very few studies into the bear community. Uh, Dr. Nick McGlynn from the University of Brighton in the UK has set about changing that. A proud bear himself, he authorised the research report Bear Space Experiences of Fat GBQ Men in Spaces of the UK's Bear Community. It's quite a long title. As different people have different ideas and 
definitions of what a bear actually is. We started by asking Nick his own definition of a bear and the broader bear community. Oh, that's a, that's a very difficult question to be asked, as you can imagine, for somebody that studies bears. Um, I think the, the, the usual answer, the easy, quick answer that I would give is that it's um, gay, by and queer men who are bigger, heavier. I think they often skew older and uh, are sometimes characterised as a as more masculine. But I think if you spend 10 minutes in a gay bar and get a couple of drinks with some bears, uh, you soon realise that that idea of masculinity is uh, not quite as characterised. <laughs> it's quite fluid. <laughs> it's very fluid. And, and then also um, bears themselves, um, certainly the ones that I know and the ones that I've spoken to as part of the research project, have a very, uh, a, a very tenuous and uh, nebulous kind of uh, interpretation of what bear means. And there are, there are no kind of real strict answers to what is and is not a bear, who is and is not a bear. So I think the kinds of people, the kinds of guys, and it's almost always guys, not always, but almost always, uh, the kind of guys who fit into bear um, has expanded very dramatically. And there's guys of all body shapes and sizes who now get described as or describe themselves as bears or as part of that community. And why study bears? I think for me, personally, as a researcher, it came out of my experiences in, in, in bear spaces and in the bear community. And I think that's the way with, with lots of researchers, that you study things that jump out to you as surprising or understudied in your own life. And my first few experiences in bear bars and at bear events, I found quite transformative as um, as a fat guy. I have to say, I, I was much fatter back then. During COVID, I've gone the opposite way to most people. I've lost a lot of weight, <laughs> which, which is very frustrating when you're trying to discuss fatness. Um, but um, I was much bigger back then. And my experiences going to bear spaces, it was the first time that I ever felt really good about my body. And that was made to feel really good about my body as a fat guy. And I took off my top and showed like, my big flabby belly and got really positive reactions as opposed to the negative reactions that I would have in any other kind of like gay bar queer space. So it was those kind of experiences of myself going to bear spaces, particularly as a fat guy, and having them be positive experiences that made me want to see well, what, what's been written about this academically, what have researchers said about them. And I found that there is research in bears, but it's very, very fragmented. There's very little sustained research in bears. It tends to be very small, a little project here, a little project over there. There's there's not much kind of big sustained work on bears. And also some of the biggest work on bears, like the work that's been uh, collated by the bear historian and archivist Les Wright, um, that was done 20 years ago. And I think there's been a lot of changes and transformations in bear scenes since then. So I kind of wanted to, to look at things in a more contemporary period as well. And then the last thing is for me as a geographer, I'm interested in how things manifest differently in different spaces and places and in different parts of the world. And there have been virtually nothing written about the UK. And, and I really mean maybe two very small very sketchy um, little papers or reflections that have been written. And I got a sense that bear scenes in the UK might be quite different to those in the US and in other parts of the world. And so I wanted to do a project that was looking at bear specifically in the UK and thinking how might it be different here to how it is in other parts of the world. And I dare say the same is true for Australia as well, that what happens in bear scenes in Australia might not be how it is here in the UK. As you've been speaking, and in the report as well, I mean, you use the word fat quite liberally. 
we've kind of been brought up a bit that you know that's not nice but is that okay yeah i mean that's certainly something that i discuss with my participants uh, i always ask them are you comfortable with me using the word fat in this in this interview uh, and, and all of them said yes um i think fat often in fact probably usually is a kind of derogatory term labeled towards people but then myself um i draw on a lot of work from fat study scholarship from fat activists um, people who are not afraid to use the word fat and are quite interested in reclaiming that term as something that might describe people but is not necessarily a, a pejorative is not necessarily a negative and to also say that that just as just as perhaps there is some power in saying that I'm I'm queer, for example, a term that has historically been more of a pejorative, there might also be some power in saying, yes, I am fat, and what of it? So that's the reason that I kind of think about um, using the word fat. And it's also to get at the kinds of guys' bodies that I'm interested in thinking about. So if I say, for example, that somebody is big, well, that could mean a lot of different things. That could mean a skinny guy who's very tall, that could mean a really muscly guy, a huge, big-built, muscly guy. I'm interested in fat guys. I'm interested in adipose on bodies, on big, fat bellies and fat arses. Sorry, I don't know if I can, like, use <laughs> You can like say that. absolutely. Great. <laughs> um, that's the experience that I'm interested in, the experience of actually being fat, not having a little belly, not having a dad bod, of being properly big and fat. That's the kind of experiences that I want to get to grips with. And so that's why I use this term in my own work. But having said that, I completely appreciate if guys are not comfortable labelling themselves as fat or don't want to use that word at all. I completely understand that rationale for it. But this is the reason that I've chosen to use it in my work. Did you have any pushback when you went and asked guys to participate on their own fear of participating in something that was so blunt in identifying them as fat? Yeah, no, no, I thought I might, but I didn't. Um, my recruitment materials, for example, I definitely used other words than fat. I, I think I talked about bigger guys and guys of all body shapes and sizes. But like I said, I did ask guys, um, how, how do you feel about the term fat? And then I asked them, are you comfortable with me using the term fat in it? Expecting to get a few guys saying, I would rather you didn't use that term. But in fact, everybody was okay with it. Dr Nick McGlynn from the University of Brighton in the UK with us on Joy 94.9. I must say, even when I was doing the having the chat with him, I was a bit uncomfortable and, and hence I had to ask the question, is it okay to use the word fat? And he's jumping in with both feet and a big belly saying, absolutely, let's reclaim the word fat. Yeah. Because we've been taught to, you know, no. oh, that's, that's not nice and, and all that. So Yes, I mean, we always have, you know, sort of the language in public has been around skirting around it, of course, using, um, you know, large size or plus size. These sort of, and, you know, not that I'm saying we should now go ahead and <laughs> it's not like the green lights to now use uh, the word fat. Uh, obviously, it's, it's in from, context. It's in context. Not, from, not in a derogatory and way. And from yeah. within the community out, not the other way. Uh, around, which as it's been in the past. Um, you know, I think this is a really good look and discussion on inclusivity um, Absolutely. in our society, in, in our community, sorry, because I mean, well, our society as well, but um, it's particularly an issue in our community. We know that we've grown up with the, um, well, I, you know, my current sort of period was the 90s when it was all the Calvin Klein models <laughs> and the perfect abs that we could were unattainable, Never achieve, yeah. you know, and puts you on that treadmill of the gym and all that. And 
We've got a really intriguing thing coming up from Nick where um, we talk about, if you like, coming out as a bear. It's, mm-hmm. uh, it's quite, I found it absolutely fascinating. Lots more coming up. It's World Wide Wave. Our diverse communities have one home, joy. Hi, this is Matt Williams from Mawson Research Station and Antarctica on World Wide Wave. We are looking at uh, this study, Bear Space, from the UK. Uh, David from Melbourne has messaged in, Bear culture is kind of a reactive space existing in opposition to the gym obsession and or the assimilation of the, the driven commercial gay male culture. It's definitely more accepting and freeing in claiming difference. So it's a big queer yes. David, thanks for your message. Love to hear from more bears or if you've got questions or thoughts about bears. Now, if you've never been to a bear pub or venue, there might be some mystique about what you might find. So let us burst the myths and tell you that they are pretty much like other queer pubs or venues. What changes is the people inside? And this change is an extremely is extremely important in that it provides uh, often discriminated or persecuted section of the rainbow community with a safe space with like-minded people. One person who knows this is Dr Nick McGlynn from the University of Brighton in the UK. His research report called Bear Space is one of the few academic insights into this community. We asked Nick what were the main findings of his research report. I'm a geographer, so uh, which a I know human geographer. Link. So yeah, I'm a human geographer. Yeah. yeah, so I'm interested in humans and their spaces and environments and the interactions between humans and their spaces and their environments. Um, so it's about the spaces that bears create and the spaces that bears go to, and specifically the experiences of fat guys in those spaces. The question I was interested in thinking about was: Are these positive spaces for fat guys? Are these empowering spaces for fat guys? And so the the report is kind of broken down along those lines. So I kind of break it down into four general themes that I draw out of the data. Um, The first one is a guy's uh, experience of being fat outside of bare spaces. And I found that some guys do still experience very overt and very pointed anti-fat abuse, people pointing and shouting at people on the street. That's not incredibly common. But it does still happen. But perhaps the bigger thing about guys being fat outside of bear spaces was their experiences in non-bear LGBTQ venues. And guys, again, experience a little bit of kind of that overt, pointed, like told, you don't belong here, you're big to be here. That kind of thing does happen, but it's it's a bit more muted compared to the guy's own experiences. And so that what, means... What does that look like? When you say it's more muted, is that... Mm. That's like subtle... Yeah, so that's one of the, that, that word subtle is um, something that people talked about a lot, getting subtle comments or looks from people. Now, I have to say, we, we can't always know that that's definitely intended negatively, that somebody glances at them. Like, that doesn't necessarily always mean, oh, that person is saying, oh, what a horrible fat person. But that's how people are experiencing those spaces. Uh, there's a big set of comparisons that happen with these fat guys in non-bear LGBTQ venues and that is they feel that they are constantly surrounded by thin people and e- even though the thin people might be doing nothing wrong at all they're not saying anything they're do- not doing anything but these guys become hyper-conscious of their big fat bodies and I experienced this as well uh, that you suddenly feel oh, I'm, I'm, I'm this big fat guy in this space that is overwhelmingly full of thinner people and that makes them feel uncomfortable because of how much they realise that they're standing out because of their stigmatised fat bodies. 
Now, the flip side of that was their experiences in bare spaces when they felt comfortable, not because necessarily everyone saying, oh, you're an amazing person, you look so good and so on, but just because they're surrounded by guys with similar fat bodies. And that means they feel that they fit in and they're not standing out for being fat. So that seemed to be one of the big, big things that made fat guys feel comfortable in bare spaces was just being surrounded by a majority, a critical mass of bodies that are big and fat like your own. That was a big deal for people. The other important parts were this kind of this um, impression that bears have a, a more body positive or less judgmental ethos about them. And then the third thing there was um, taking your shirt off. So I mentioned that previously as one of my big experiences. And I was really fascinated to see every single guy that I spoke to, all the fat guys had exactly the same experience. They talked about taking their shirts off and showing their big fat bellies as this liberatory, transformative experience, a frightening experience for a lot of them, especially the first like time. A, like a bear coming out type experience, if you like. I think, that, I think there is something like that. Yeah, I think, I think there is. Uh, people talked about the first time doing it in a bear venue, and wow. they all said, I would never do this anywhere else. I would. One guy said, I've been to all these beautiful beaches all over the world. I wear my shirt in all of them. I never get topless. But the first time I, took, I went to a bear space, I took my top off in it, and it was frightening and liberatory and exhilarating. And it seems to be a big deal for people to be able to expose your fat belly, the part of you that is usually the most stigmatised. And suddenly, well, everybody's doing it. And actually, guys come over to you and say, wow, great belly. And suddenly, you're champions <laughs> rather than being stigmatised for this. So that was a really big deal for people. The study also does go beyond comfort because one section actually deals with feeling desirable mm. and fat. Yeah, so that was another big issue for people that they very often felt that they weren't hooking up, they weren't getting told they were attractive, they weren't meeting sexual partners in non-bare LGBTQ venues as, as fat guys. And they experienced the opposite. And, and well, that was also their everyday life as well. Even outside of LGBTQ venues, they generally felt very unattractive. And they went to these bare spaces in the UK and they generally felt the opposite. They felt very attractive, they found sexual partners and that, that, that's a big deal for people. I know that might, um, God knows with all the other terrible stuff that's happening in the world, getting to feel attractive might sound like such a little thing. But I think in gay, bi and queer men's cultures, it's a very important thing to be able to feel sexually desirable, especially as a fat guy, and to have enjoyable, fulfilling sexual experiences, to experience what lots of other uh, gay, bi and queer men feel. You focus on the venues, the bare venues, what about apps and sort of, you know, the queer media? I mean, your research also found that muscles were still highly desirable even in, in the bear community. So is that oh, just yeah, a yeah. part of the, commu the broader community and that idealised body? Mm. Um, okay, yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll take both parts of that. So in terms of the kind of apps and stuff, I didn't focus on that as much just because I'll, even though this is, I think, the biggest bear project that's ever been done in the UK. It's probably one of the biggest bear projects that's ever been done, but it's also a very small project. Um, so in terms of the apps and stuff, I didn't focus on that kind of thing because I knew that was more than I could deal with by myself doing this project. But it, it did come up. It did come up. People talked about... Um, using the apps a lot. Um, there's, there's an app called Growler, which is, is for bears and bigger guys. So people talked about using Growler a wee bit. But that, that wasn't one of the big focuses. But I certainly think that uh, future research on bears should, including any further research that I do myself, definitely needs to kind of grapple with that kind of digital element of it. In terms of the muscle, I mean, this was, um, I know I've talked very positively about bear spaces so far. 
But there were also many aspects of the research that were less positive or that were more troubling. One of which was that muscular guys are still greatly valorised. Um, in fact, when you look at most of the media and advertising for any bear space, almost always, not always, but almost always, it's muscular guys on it. And guys with much smaller bellies, uh, perhaps this kind of nice, tight, rounded belly, rather than this big, flabby, saggy belly that guys actually have. Um, like these guys you see in the representations of bears, there's very few guys that actually look like that because they spend all the fucking time in the gym. Mm. But these guys with the huge big arms, the huge big legs, and these kind of smaller bellies, the big muscular chests, that is still what is greatly valorized. Now, I have to say, I, I went into the project thinking, I bet it's the fucking muscle bears that's the problem. <laughs> but but that's actually not, it's not the case. Um, a lot of guys talked about them as having a kind of perhaps a standoffish attitude, but that's not the worst thing in the world, perhaps. Um, and most of them said, look, the, the muscle bears themselves, they're not really negative towards people. They're not singularly abusive towards fat guys. Instead, it's about these kind of bodily comparisons again. It's about seeing these valorized body types in the space and comparing yourself against that. And that just makes you less comfortable in that space. So even though the muscle guys might be doing nothing wrong at all, their very presence there can make fatter guys who are not as muscular feel less comfortable and more out of place there. Um, I mean, we talk about inter internalized homophobia a lot. This is kind mm. of an internalized fat phobia. I think that's exactly what it is, yeah. Um, and it really shows that even though the stigmatization of fatness um, might be lessened in bare spaces, it doesn't go away completely. And actually, one of the other big things that I found the more troubling elements of bare spaces is that, again, folks in these kind of bodily comparisons, I think all of the guys, and I think I'm correct in saying this, every single guy that I spoke to at one point said something like, I like being in bare spaces because I'm not the fattest guy there. That experience of not being the fattest is felt to be a very positive experience for people, but that still means that the fattest guys there might still be being stigmatized for their fatness. And so I'm mindful of their experience as well. What might it be like to be in a bare space and be conscious that you are the fattest one there? What might that be like? So it's definitely... Um, I think the experience of fat guys in uh, bare spaces in the UK, at least, gen generally are very, very positive. But it's not a universal positive. And these kind of issues of muscular guys and muscle bears in the spaces and also the experience of not being the fattest guy in the space definitely challenges that kind of universal positivity of it. From the UK, that's Dr Nick McGlynn from the University of Brighton with us on Joy 94.9. I love the symbolism there of the taking your shirt off. I mean, I think even back to my youth and, and at a dance party or whatever, that is a moment you yes. have, but just the strength that it seems to have in defining um, acceptance in the bear community is, is quite remarkable. Yes, absolutely. Um, and, you know, I was quite engaged with that idea of the within the community, that whole discussion about, again, a beauty ideal or aesthetic ideal that's... Um, it's hard to escape, even though this, you know, it's about, but nonetheless, you know, hopefully the, the, yeah, self-love idea coming out of acceptance, whole, the acceptance, yeah. yep, inclusivity. Um, coming up, uh, we've got a bit more with um, with Nick, and talk, we're going to talk about what about as we're losing our bare spaces. You're on World Wide Wave, the Joy Community here for you, here together. 
in every country masculinity here is, is a highly valued prize and every corner of the world I'm fighting for rights of LGBT people in Nigeria breaking news and current issues the LGBT community has definitely pulled together here in Orlando mixed with stories of everyday people I'm a gay man all with one thing in common they're part of the world's diverse LGBTIQ community speaking from Ukraine Mongolia in Malaysia speaking from Every week we bring you stories of the rainbow community across the globe. This is Worldwide Wave. On the show that takes you around the globe, one queer story at a time. This is Worldwide Wave and a special hello to everybody listening to us on podcast. You can subscribe to receive our podcast automatically either at joy.org.au slash Worldwide Wave or iTunes or your favourite podcast platform. And please, please, please remember to um, leave us a review. Now, it was not long ago that gay bars were a coming out right. They defined and unified the queer community, providing a safe space to meet. Entire queer streets and Suburbs grew up around them, but that has changed. Whether you blame the apps, higher rents, or just greater acceptance of the queer community by society in general, the end result is the same. There are fewer queer spaces now than 30 years ago. So we asked our guest, Dr Nick McGlynn, from the University of Brighton, if there was a risk that there wouldn't be any safe spaces for bears in our community. I think so. I mean, one of the the first thing that I did as part of this project was just to create a database of what might be the spaces that I might go to in the UK. What are the bare spaces in the UK? And the big thing that jumped out at me when I created that bare space was that that database of bare spaces or potential bare spaces was just how few there are. And in fact, when you look at kind of designated pubs or bars or venues for bears in the UK, I think you could only feasibly say there's two. Um, wow. in the, in the uh, whole UK? In the whole of the, the UK, I think you could really only say that there's two fixed venues. Um, and, and one of them ha- has, um, at least in its online presence, has started to distance itself from being kind of a, a bear bar now. So it's, it's much more the same kind of thing that we've probably seen in the, the wider queer scene, which is um, more temporary, more ephemeral spaces have started to emerge now. And those are great. And, and that's those are the places that I tend to go to, like the the big uh, man, man Bears Bear Bash up in Manchester, down here where I live in Brighton, the Brighton Bear Weekend, um, a social group over in uh, Belfast, a group up in London. Those more temporary events are definitely much more common now. And so, as I've said, I, I think there is some value to bear spaces for, 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 for fatter guys. And I, I think it's really important to have these kind of positive, welcoming uh, spaces for fat, gay, bi and queer guys. Because amongst non-bear LGBTQ spaces, I think the vast majority of them would tout themselves as being kind of like body positive, as being kind of fat inclusive. But it's all very well to say that kind of thing. But then when you look at the actual bodies that are in them, it does still tend to be much smaller guys. And that's why I think there is still a real value to bear spaces and why I am troubled with the kind of decline in kind of designated, identifiable bare spaces. Uh, yeah, so th- that's definitely something that troubles me. But thankfully, in the UK, at least, we definitely have some fantastic groups, at least, who are kind of keeping things going, even if the kind of fixed venues themselves 
are in decline, uh, the groups and the organisations at least are kind of managing to keep things going and, and have some really big, fantastic events for guys. The other concept that I noticed in your study, which was a bit of a new concept for me, it's beard envy. Tell us about ah, yeah. that. So I talked a lot about fatness, but I was interested in other parts of guys' bodies as well. I'm interested in all sorts of parts of guys' bodies. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I was interested in thinking about guys' bodies um, geographically, which I know sounds a bit bonkers, but I'm interested in thinking about the different parts of bodies. So rather than just saying a guy's kind of fat or thin, is thinking about what's actually happening in the different surfaces of the bodies. And the beards was a big part of it. So some guys talked about... Uh, that you might feel better in bare spaces or more included if you have the quote-unquote right kind of beards. So, and, and actually, a lot of the guys pointed at me and said, well, yours is the right kind of beard because it's kind of fuller, it's rounder. And some of the guys said, well, look, I just I just physically can't grow a beard like that. Mine's much more kind of wispy or stringy or I've got patches in it. Um, that, that was something that could have jumped out to me um, as something that I hadn't really thought of. Other guys also talked about the right or wrong kinds of fat, that some kinds of body fat might be more acceptable. In particular, these harder, uh, more taut, round bellies, rather than the kind of like soft, wobbling, saggy ones. So there are kind of material differences in other parts of the bodies, like the beard, like the body fat, that also have an impact on guys in bare spaces as well. So... What do you want to come out of this? What, I mean, what can be done to combat the fat phobia? Mm. Um, I, I'm careful, kind of, not to kind of come out with my kind of like big C's recommendations. But uh, having said that, I I do think there's perhaps something about the representation of bears that would be a, a kind of easy win if we were wanting to make these guy these bases uh, feel better for fat guys. So, like I said previously, if you look at the advertising for a lot of um, bear events and bear spaces, it tends to be guys with much smaller waists, with these nice, rounded, hard bellies, not these kind of big, sagging, wobbly ones. Guys with big, big arms, uh, white guys, it's almost always white guys. Um, and guys who are kind of presenting in a more kind of like stereotypically masculine uh, kind of style, be that through their clothing or the framing of the photo and so on. Um, I think that's something that could be quite easily tackled and to perhaps just show guys of a wider variety of body types, show some bigger, fatter guys, uh, show some smaller guys as well, because there are plenty of uh, small guys who love going to bare spaces. So I think tackling those kind of representations might be one way of dealing with stuff. And I think the other part of it is just that I hope that people start to think about the importance of uh, taking fat guys, fat gay by and queer men's experience seriously, because there is a lot of um, anti-fat stigma in everyday life. And it is really important for guys to find a space where they can feel comfortable, included, desirable, have a, a good, enjoyable, fun and empowering time. All that, as I said previously, that might seem like nothing in an, era, in an era when there's COVID and war and economic decline, but it's not nothing either. The ability to go out and have a fulfilling, enjoyable experience and to come away feeling good about yourself and your body, that's still really important, I think. I think it would be fascinating to see if there were similar experiences or different ones in places like you know, US or right here in Australia. The report is called Bear Space Experiences of Fat gay, bisexual and queer men in spaces of the UK's bear community. The author is Dr Nick McGlynn from the University of Brighton. Nick, thank you so much for joining us on Worldwide Wave. 
Thanks very much for having me, Matt. I think those um, visible representations of, you know, the the great mixture of our community, it stretches right across, be it gay, lesbian, mm. bear, leather, whatever. We've got, we, we were constantly presented with these idealised or stereotypical views. So, yeah, I'm with him on that. They should, um, yes. our own venues should be able to influence that. Yes, what venues there are. Well, so, now yeah, that's the other yeah, thing. Yeah. If, if these bear spaces are such a safe place and we mm. are losing our queer venues, where does that leave the bear community? That's a very good question. He talks about those um, temporary or those um, rotating like parties, those things. one-off. I mean, that's that's we've seen that here for several years now. Maybe that's the only option still left for sort of general venues to host, you know, specific nights um, for specific members of various communities. Uh, but, yeah, in some ways it's a little bit sad that there's a kind of, you know, because uh, as the report said, the, as you discussed, you know, there's whole communities that often build up around them, yep. you know, streets and little street parties that often happen annually. But, you know, that can't really work when it's the, the venue itself is no longer there. A fascinating study. Yeah. Well done to Nick. The world's longest-running radio show dedicated to international LGBTIQ news and current affairs. This is World Wide Wave from Australia's Rainbow Radio Station, Joy 94.9. This is Dr Sean Cole from London College of Fashion. Some things go out of style, but World Wide Wave never does. You're on Joy 94.9. Listen live or on demand from wherever you are in the world. Stream us live on joy.org.au or subscribe on iTunes or your favourite podcast platform to World Wide Wave. A huge thank you to our guest tonight, Dr Nick Beglin from the University of Brighton in the UK. The report is titled Bear Space, Experiences of Fat GBQ Men in Spaces of the UK's Bear Community. If you search your favourite search engine, you'll find all the details. Thank you to everyone who's shared with us on Facebook, Trent Youngfar, Maria, Stefan and a heap more and that's joined us and directed us on Facebook this past week. That's W3Joy on Facebook and everyone who's contributed by SMS and emails. And our wonderful behind-the-scenes team, uh, our podcaster Peter and social media master Dean. And we'll be back next week with more World Wide Wave. Thanks for listening to another podcast from World Wide Wave, the show that takes you around the globe one country at a time. World Wide Wave is the international news and current affairs show on Australia's LGBT radio station, Joy 94.9. You can listen live every Tuesday night on 94.9 FM in Melbourne and online at joy.org.au. You'll find all our podcasts at joy.org.au slash worldwidewave or follow us on Facebook for the latest international LGBT news Search W3Joy on Facebook now. This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy. Joy.